the NHR and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. We're on the move, presented by Brightline. We're at Delray Beach Market for Munch Madness. South Region, first round, halftime. Seven-seat Ohio State leads Loyola 23-18. Brian McLovin, Rowitz, Ken Lavica, Ken Lavica live on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Hey, are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and you need to see an expert in the field? Don't live in pain. There are ways to get treated. That's where Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists that come in. They're regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealthnet slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. Last night, as I was sort of starting to wind down, kids finished dinner, they're taking a bath, I flip on CBS, and I saw overtime with Kentucky and St. Peter's, and I saw overtime where Kentucky continued to miss free throws, and a guy named Doug, a short white guy in a St. Peter's uniform, kept hitting threes, and this, courtesy of Turner Broadcast and CBS, was the final result of the white guy Doug and the missing free throwers from Kentucky. Washington makes the move towards the rim. Shibway looking to pass it off. Jumper, Grady, off the back of the iron. Edwards got it. And he's fouled by Mintz with 7.4. He's built for this, this guy. St. Peter's in overtime, 8 of 10 at the free throw line. Kentucky 1 of 6. He nails a pair. Wow. Seven seconds left. Wheeler gives it up. Brooks, the jumper. No good. You can feel the madness. St. Peter's pulls off the upset. Iron Eagle on the call. Kentucky loses to St. <laughs> Peter's, a school of about 2,500 undergrads in Jersey City, New Jersey. Oh, is that, I said one tweet like, oh, go look up where they are. Like, I never actually put in the effort. Jersey, yeah. huh? Not I had actually guessed. never even heard of St. Peter's yeah. before <laughs> like two days ago. Okay. And randomly, when we played Know Your Tourney team, uh, Stone and Theo faced off uh, uh-huh. on Monday on the show. And randomly, Stone knew that they were the Peacocks. <laughs> what? Because Stone is, is a nerd and a freak, and uh, he's a rain man when it comes to weird stuff like that. Did that so play that into his wagering that they were the Peacocks? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, it might. It might. But St. Peter's beats Kentucky. And you go on Twitter, and immediately it's a celebration. Of course. College basketball is weird because if you think about it, Kentucky's all 18, 19-year-old kids. Uh-huh. Right? So they've chosen to go to a place with a coach who's easy to play for, who has a track record of sending guys to the pros. Yeah. But 
when a clearly lights were a little too bright for these young guys, and you have a St. Peter's team full of older guys, including short, gritty Doug. And again, Kentucky lost to a Doug. I can't stress that enough. And as Josh Cohen will attest to, the rule is you never trust a Doug. Then Kentucky loses, and people celebrate and dance on the graves right. of 18- and 19-year-olds. It's really weird, but... In college basketball, it feels like we cheer against the coach as opposed to the players. Like Coach Cal losing like that, that's an embarrassing loss for that program, and it satisfied people. Yeah, it's not even just the coach. I think sometimes it's just the laundry and the brand name. So, like, the same thing, Duke, whenever they play today, like, everyone's going to root against them. Like, that's how it works. And, like, that's sort of like the positive and the negative of the NCAA tournament where, like, everyone's invested last night. That's the talk of the town, like, that big win. But then you look tomorrow, it's Murray State and St. Peter's. We're not going to get the same reaction to that game. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Not necessarily talking blue bloods right. there. But it's going to be the same thing if Duke loses. Of course. If they don't make it to the Sweet 16, even though it's Coach K's walk-off, his right. final run through the tournament, it is going to be mass hysteria, mass celebration from people that don't actually watch college basketball. No. But the fact that that coach lost that's why you root against these teams, well, right? And I think that's sort of what March Madness is. Like, going back to last night, like, that was a fun game with Kentucky and St. Peter's. You remember the names because it's Kentucky and we've learned St. Peter's. There were two games right after that. It was like switch, overtime, switch, tight game. I don't remember who those other two games were. Like, I think one of them was Creighton. Like, that might have been them last night. But it was like yeah. back to back to back, like really tight, close, fun games. Like, that's what March Madness is. I think that the draw for March Madness now is just rooting against the traditional powers sure. because it is a sport that very few make appointment viewing for 32 games during the regular Correct. season. Like th This time is now, which is why if I was a CBS executive, if I was a Turner executive, I would have been furious at Tom Brady <laughs> for blowing up my selection Sunday show right. announcing that you're coming back to football. The timing could not have been worse in that spot, but people still like the thought of Thursday. Right. Just slacking off watching basketball. Even if you don't know the players, you don't know the teams. Friday, we're out of here. As soon as we're done at 2 o'clock, I'm kicking my feet right. up and not doing a damn thing the rest <laughs> of the day. So I'm going to watch basketball. Yeah. And I'm going to eat and I'm going to drink here at Delray Beach Market with Munch Madness. All of our ESPN West Palm teammates are out here. But I'm curious, with the NCAA tournament, when you watch year after year, what are you watching for? Are you watching for upsets? Do you have a rooting interest, or is it a betting brackets gambling interest? When you get caught up, especially on the Thursday and Friday, because these are the peak days, Thursday, uh -huh. Friday, opening round, when you watch the NCAA tournament on an annual basis, what is your reason for watching? Where does the interest lie? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. When you focus in on Thursday and Friday the NCAA tournament, where does the interest lie? And you know what? For me, it's more just not missing out on the party. Sure. Like, because I've done it my entire life. So, like today, Miami will play. I've been interested in that. I'm curious to see how sure. they're going to do. Illinois plays today. I have a rooting interest <laughs> in that. Yesterday, I was curious about Kentucky when I saw that that game was close against St. Peter's, but I more was just paying attention because that's what I do right. on the opening Thursday of the tournament. I don't have any over-bracket 
money concerns <laughs> or anything like that. But everybody has their own thing, and I think it's evolved over, over time. Yeah, and I think also it's a little different now. Like, you don't have that one thing. Like, I think it was always at 16 over one. Like, oh, are we ever going to see that? Is that ever going to happen? We've seen that now. So I think, you know, looking for those moments, looking for those crazy buzzer beaters or just those fun plays. Like, last night it was fun because it was Kentucky. It wasn't the best basketball. Like yeah. you mentioned, there were a lot of missed free throws there. Kentucky probably should have won that game if they just hit some free throws. But you're just looking for those type of moments. I feel like it's a big takeaway. Uh, we have some breaking news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. And no, it has nothing to do with Deshaun Watson yet. <laughs> Pete Thamel, uh, the, the great college reporter, has an update on the Florida Gators head basketball coaching jobbies. Uh, the college senior writer for ESPN, but Thamel reports that Florida is targeting San Francisco coach Todd Golden to be the school's next basketball coach. Things are moving quickly, and San Francisco now has made Golden available since they lost in overtime to Murray State last night. Also, multiple reports out of Tallahassee that legendary voice of Florida State, Gene Dekaroff, is retiring after the spring game. So Gene Dekaroff, he has already called his final snap at Florida State. That is a heart, as a Knowles fan, like, you could hear it in his voice last few years. He's definitely, you know, an older gentleman, like 70s, I want to say. Yeah. But, like, that was, like, my guy. Like, growing up listening to him, you know, he's special. He is Florida State football. So, you know, sort of sad to hear see him go. Uh, so, I'm just curious. Why do you watch the opening two rounds of the NCAA tournament like you do? Because people take off work. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just half-assing it today, yeah. you know? Um, but people, people take off work. People don't go to work on Friday. People, quote-unquote, work from home, and we live for it. Yesterday, I heard after us, uh, Chris Canty here on ESPN 106.3 saying that it is the best day of the year. Thursday, opening tournament, best day of the year. Now, I think that's debatable yeah. because no longer do you have the biggest stars in basketball playing in the NCAA tournament. They're already off to the NBA, right. but I enjoy it. And I make time for it, and I do things like this because I've always done that. But I also come from an era where the best players were in the NCAA tournament. You had the teams that had four years together that were going to make a run. An upset actually meant something. And so for me, like that's why. I have the interest in Thursday and Friday. Yeah, it still does feel like sort of appointment viewing. Like, you know, I'm putting on Michigan, Colorado State on a Thursday afternoon. That's not happening at any other point in the year. But I'm putting that on. I'm watching it, you know, feigning the interest, pretending to care where, like, oh, no, of course, like big men and passing and things like that. But <laughs> That was a good breakdown. Yeah, actually. there you go. Uh, but, like, I think the hard part now for the tournament is, like, how do you carry it on through these first two days? Like, I think these right. first two days have withstood the test of time. But what about after that? Like, I think, yeah. like, every year it feels like national championship ratings are down. Like, people aren't watching that the same. So, I think that's the biggest challenge for the bracket right now. Uh, and I think, too, the nature of college basketball has changed to where an upset doesn't mean as much. Because sure. mid-majors have made up so much ground. And it's great. We want parity. And we love parity. And... College basketball, to me, the postseason is infinitely better than college football because every team legitimately has a chance. It should be the point of <laughs> athletics is every team having a chance at the championship, and we know that in college football that's not the case. But because mid-majors have made up so much ground, you have a quote-unquote upset 11-6 sure. over six, with Michigan beating Colorado State. Right. Like, <laughs> that makes me feel absolutely nothing right. that's not an upset <laughs> maybe by seed but things were better and more pronounced and easier to determine what's an upset and what's not when it was just 
the major schools that were the high seeds. And it, do you think that's because of like Gonzaga? Like how much do you think Gonzaga they play started that? that trend unequivocally? Yeah, yes. like they're a one seed. They're the best team in the nation, and it's like Gonzaga. And I think they're still one of those schools we joke about. Like, hey, where is that school? Most yeah. people still don't know where Gonzaga is. Yeah. And I think that's what sort of like changes that. Where the Murray State's of the world that might be in the Final Four. Like you don't know where the school is, but like, oh, okay. Like I guess that's a mid major. Yeah. It, but it, I think Gonzaga absolutely started that. Absolutely started that, and then. It's just, it speaks to how good coaching has become in college basketball, but also college basketball has changed, much like college football, but sure. certainly college basketball, where anybody from anywhere can get a shot in the NBA. That You, you really absolutely can. And I, I think that it, it makes it a little bit tougher to get behind. It's just why when a 15 beats a 2, when Kentucky goes down, <laughs> that's why we still explode over it, though, because we know Kentucky – we don't think about the fact it's 18- and 19-year-old kids, <laughs> most of them in their first year playing college basketball, and that made me pause last night. Like, I feel glee over 18-year-olds getting sure. beaten. Isn't that what should happen against a veteran team? Yeah, and I feel like, I don't know, I guess because of the draft and stuff, like, we don't have those players anymore, like the Dwayne Wade's of the world, the Steph Curry's, where they go on those runs, mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden you know those players. Like, I can't remember the last guy to be that where all of a sudden they made a name for themselves in the tournament, the mellows of the world, where everyone has an opinion on them after the fact. Like, when was the last time that happened yeah. in the tournament? Why do you tune in to the first two days of the NCAA tournament? What's the draw? What's the pull now in a new era of college basketball where regular season is just sort of meh, but we celebrate this time of year? Why do you tune into the first two days like you do? For me, it's just tradition because I've always done it. Uh, and also, who do you root against most in the NCAA tournament. Whose demise? Which program's demise? Which team's early knockout of the tournament gives you the most satisfaction? Because we saw a lot of it last night with Kentucky bowing out. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. Again, who... Whose demise in the NCAA tournament gives you the most glee? 888-760-3776. We are at Delray Beach Market. It is Munch Madness, ESPN 106.3. We're broadcasting live through 6 o'clock. This is Ken Levick alive. Brian McLevin Rowitz hanging out with me for another 40 minutes or so. Don't forget 2 o'clock, Theo Dorsey, Jeanette Javier, and then Josh Cohen, the home team, with Tina, 4 to 6 here from Delray Beach Market. We're back after this to Delray. It is Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Ken LaVica Live. We're field tripping it. Delray Beach Market. Munch Madness. We're watching games. We're drinking beers, including Heineken, who presents... The countdown here today at Delray Beach Market. We appreciate them. And we're here broadcasting live until 6 o'clock. ESPN 106.3 as Theo Dorsey, Jeanette Javier. At 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, Josh Cohen on the home team, home team with Tina. So come hang with us. Ken Levickalai, Brian McLovin, Rowitz spending some time with me against his wishes here until 2 o'clock. And a man who... Let me turn your mic on because I don't uh, – let me make sure that we can do this. Uh, go ahead and keep talking, McLovin. 
Nope, definitely. We should have definitely tested that beforehand. Uh, so maybe McLovin's sitting this one out here. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna take a seat and just chill. Uh, a man who uh, who also makes the uh, ill-advised decision to join me every week here on Ken Levick Alive is our sports agent and sports law insider, and uh, certainly the best damn personal injury attorney you're gonna find. He's Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Get a free consultation. WantToLawyerUp.com. WantToLawyerUp.com. Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. He is a man who has represented Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, and uh, a longtime NFL agent, has really good insights. And I think that this week your insights are key here, uh, Pat, because we are just two weeks removed from Kyler Murray's agent releasing that long, drawn-out Iliad of uh, complaints against the Cardinals and what Kyler Murray needs and what Kyler Murray wants. And it was not well-received because it was a little bit inappropriate the way all of that went down. Then we have Baker Mayfield. After the Browns, it becomes public uh, that they're sort of flirting with Sean Watson a little bit. Baker Mayfield pens a farewell thank-you letter to Cleveland fans. Very emotional, um, very... Woe is me. And uh, then he said, I want to trade after Deshaun Watson fell through. And the Browns say, no, you don't. We're not sending anywhere right now. Uh, Baker Mayfield, that decision making, was that a good idea on his part? Neither of them are. I mean, the fact is, as we all know in sports at the professional level, we know, all know that you keep it inside, inside the locker room, inside the team headquarters. If you got beef, you go to the certain people. Yeah. And they may have done that and didn't get the response they wanted. Then they put it out there. But as we know, they look like child. They look like children. It's childish to go out there and write letters about what I want, what he wants. As an agent, I would never do that. Uh, and not many would unless they're so frustrated with the team. Yeah. With Baker, I think they might have doubled his, uh, his uh, advertisement progressive, maybe some new ads there. <laughs> you know, but... And quarterbacks, too. You don't see the best quarterbacks or the leaders of all these teams doing that type of thing. That's part of it. And it, as an agent, you've got to be a little bit tuned into what's happening in locker rooms, and your clients are going to keep you updated with what's happening inside of locker rooms. I can't imagine that Baker Mayfield's teammates see that after this is a guy who wakes up feeling dangerous and who plants flags in the middle of Ohio Stadium and grabs his crotch at Kansas and all this stuff. Tough guy Baker, swaggy Baker, and then... Oh, I did all I could for you. I feel bad because they're talking with a different quarterback now. For him to do that, like, that's not going to win over a locker room. No, the exact opposite. He, and he's got to go play somewhere, at least try to. Yeah. I mean, he's not lived up to expectations. He had, you know, two really good receivers, three or four. And the uh, Harrison Bryant there, I think, could be an elite tight end if they get him the ball more. Yep. But you can't do that. I mean, you're the leader of the team. You're the one who takes the, takes the bullet for the team out there. You fight, fight, fight for that team and that community, and you want to be a champion. There's a difference between champion and losers. Okay? Right. And you see who the champions are in all the sports, and those are the guys who keep their mouth shut and push forward. Is there any way Baker Mayfield checked with his agent before he put that stuff out on social media the other night? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I mean, I've seen things go out where you're just you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, they do things where they just get a whim, and they think they can do it, and they don't understand the ramifications of it. And that's where you walk a fine line because you're their agent and you've got to, you know, you want to keep them as a client and, depend, and you want to make sure that they do the right thing because it's going to affect their value down the road. But a lot of times they don't listen to you. Let me put you in the unenviable position of being Baker Mayfield's agent right now. He wants out. He's requested a trade. The Browns came back and said, uh-uh, not happening. But you're really trying to fight 
for your client here. Get them out of Cleveland. How do you navigate this? First of all, you work inside. You work in with the, with the, uh, the staff there. You work with the personnel. Uh, you see where they are and understanding the negative connotation it's going to have in a town like Cleveland by doing that and see how their teammates are responding. But if you want to get a trade, you've got to go out there and really push them, push them, push them. Sometimes you do have to go public with it. Okay. And I think when you look back, Ken, you see these quarterbacks and these players who wanted trades. They kept pounding and pounding and pounding. I want out, I want out. Finally, the team says, all right, you're gone. Yeah. And it works out best for everybody. Uh, I think that's the road we're going down with Baker, with Baker right now. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Decades of trial experience at Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. For your free consultation, wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com. Slip and fall, accident, or a boating accident, or an automobile accident, any personal injury matter, it's Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com. And Pat Lawler, longtime NFL agent, joins us as our sports agent, sports law insider here on Ken LaVica Live. And then there's the Packers. And then there's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Boy, I did not see this coming. I thought as soon as Rodgers decided to come back, it was a package deal. Adams was sticking around. Franchise tag, he's frustrated. I get it. You can work around that. We've seen it countless times. Here's how I see it, okay? Every offseason is drama with Aaron Rodgers, swirling around. In season, it's drama. He wants to be loved. When he's not loved, he lashes out. That presents more drama. Devontae Adams is his boy. They're close. They're friends. But we've all had that drama, friend where finally we say enough is enough. Like, hey, I'm here for you. Can go get dinner, but don't drag me into your Instagram posts or your quarrels uh, with other people. And it just felt like Devontae Adams turning down possibly more money from the Packers to go to Vegas is a, hey, I just can't do the drama anymore. I think that's a huge part of it. And what I think people need to understand is you need to look at the synergy. Who's a quarterback with the Raiders? That's his boy. They're from the same area, Fresno. Now, granted, he did make the conscious decision to go play in the toughest division in the history of the NFL. So that's why I think that it it would have to be a really severe circumstance, even though he loves Derek Carr, to leave the guy who has helped make him an all-pro. And I think this is finally, though, the consequence of some of the actions of Aaron Rodgers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been ridiculous. It's almost like... uh, it was always him, him, him. And that's been his, his, his uh, mantra for years. It's always been about him. Now, he's an incredible quarterback. Yeah. Don't, you know, he's just fantastic. I don't think he's going to last the, the length of his contract. Well, that's part of it, too, with Devontae yeah, Adams, yeah. right? How can you guarantee that if you sign a five-year deal, you're not going to have the last two years of your career or your contract wasted, right? Totally. I mean, we don't know how good of a quarterback love's going to be. But the fact is, I, I called that. I said that, that I said I don't think he's going to stay there. When they franchised him... And I didn't hear they had a deal in place to do a long-term deal. I said, he's leaving. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's leaving. And Carr made the, uh, made the most obvious. It's closer to his home in, in California. He's his boy from Fresno. The guy can play. I mean, they've got a heck of a receiver core out there. they got a nice setup out there with the Raiders. They just you get out of their own way. I think they could be a very, very good team. Uh, here with Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, again, longtime NFL agent, Pat Lawler. Uh, we have seen uh, the the pass rusher from Michigan, Ajobo, uh, go down with an apparent left leg injury at his pro day today, working out for NFL teams. Uh, I, I'm sure that as an agent, that is your your worst 
nightmare an injury coming at the combine or coming at a pro day. It's beyond uh, devastating. I don't know what I, that's the first I've heard of. Yeah, it, it I, just happened like ten minutes ago. Do they know if it's a knee, ankle? It, it was just a left leg. He was clutching at his leg. Well, if it's his knee, I mean, the, the best thing about it, unfortunately for him, if he's injured and it's going to affect his ability to play, is we purchase certain insurance. And they have and now people, the disability insurance can, to me, is a waste because you can't, to get it, you can never play again. Yeah. I mean, everybody's recovering from ACL yeah. from ACL. Uh, the other thing is they have, like, uh, first-round insurance. That if you don't go at a certain time, that you, have, uh, you can get paid that. But it doesn't matter at this point. I mean, this young man has a tremendous story where he came from what he's become, and I, I pray that it's, it's not significant, but if it has any long-term effect, it's greatly going to affect his value. And, I mean, I don't know what he was doing there, but it just happened. Everybody does their position drills at their pro day just because they do it. I think it's a freaking waste. I really do, Ken. If you don't know how good a guy is through the combine, through the, their film, why are you doing that silly yeah. stuff? Just stop doing it. Well, like you said a couple of weeks ago, film. Plenty of film exists of my guy on the field against these opponents dominating. Why do we need cone drills? Why do we need the vertical leap? It just, some of it is nonsensical and is just lending to situations like this. And the thing also is how many times have you seen guys who hold out at camp and, pro, and they come back and they get injured? Right. Because you have to build up, you have a, you have a methodology to your training. Now, obviously, that he worked his butt off to the combine, and I don't know what, he's probably done nothing in between the combine and his pro day. Or very little. Yeah. And I think that has a tremendous effect on leading up. Because then when they get ready for their mini camps and everything, they start that methodology and training for that. And so I, I think you're going to see more of these and more guys just not doing high-end first-rounders, doing their, anything at the combine anymore. Just go out and support their teammates. I uh, mean, at the pro day. Uh, let me ask you, because we saw Kentucky go down last night to uh, St. Peter's. And uh, I, upsets aren't the same in modern-day college basketball because so many mid-majors. Like when 11 seed Michigan wins a game, it's not an upset no. in my mind. But 15 over 2, Kentucky losing to small, tiny St. Peter's, that's significant. When you watch Thursday and Friday the NCAA tournament now in 2022, what do you watch it for? Some do it for gambling. I just do it because I've always done it, and I come from a time where the best were still playing college basketball. I like to see that player who comes out who nobody really knows about. That's why I like it. Uh, you know, the St. Peter is just – Kentucky's been off the, off the chain all different ways this year. You just yeah. didn't, never knew what you're going to get. Like with North Carolina, you don't know what you're going to get there either. Right. Duke. Uh, but I like to see the player that nobody heard of when Steph Curry did it, when other players have come and just lit up, when Dwayne Wade. The unknown who yeah. sort of blows up and has this coming out moment, absolutely. I, I mean, that's what I love. The upsets are always great. Um, I love seeing a team that can make their I want to see them make a run all the way like happened in baseball when Coastal Carolina went and won the national championships. Or Stony Brook a few years ago made it to the like World Series. Like the true underdogs. Yes. The true underdogs, win. not Michigan. No, right. who win the entire thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's what I'd like. That would be phenomenal for the game. And this year might be the year. You just don't know what you're going to get this year. College basketball is so weird because it is now so even mm -hmm. that it's very, very tough. You can't just say Duke anymore or Kansas anymore or, or uh, Michigan anymore. You just can't do it. It's fun, but also I think – that it, may, it cheapens it a little bit from what the traditional Cinderella experience uh, true, true. was. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Again, want to lawyer up 
www.wanttolawyerup.com. Wanttolawyerup.com. He is the best personal injury attorney you're going to find. Make sure to hit him up, wanttolawyerup.com. And we're lucky. He's our sports agent and sports law insider with decades in the business in the NFL, especially representing some of the best players, Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys. Ken, can I just give a shout-out to the community out there about Jim, Re- Jim Reardon? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. this is something that has not come up yet. Um, here on the show, I wanted FAU to announce it, but let me set the table here. So, uh, Dr. Jim Reardon, who is the was the head of the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, title sponsor of this show, he um, he passed last week, and very sudden, very shocking. We've all been trying to compartmentalize it, and uh, obviously, our our condolences. And you actually were an adjunct professor for Dr. Reardon in the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Yeah, Dr. Reardon brought me in about five years ago to see, teach sports law to the MBA, and I couldn't thank him enough. And he was just a, a godsend to that program and to the young men and women who went through there, and people all over the country. People don't understand that. In my class, I had 50 people and coaches from all of the, from Utah up to Michigan. And what he did to that program in building it up and all, also all the people he affected yeah. in, in that business, from coaches to students and for all them out there who may be listening or know uh, uh, Dr. Reardon and you yourself mm-hmm. knew him extremely well. He was a, a staple at the uh, FAU fo- uh, football and basketball games. And uh, I just wanted to make the comment yeah. and uh, let people know how special Jim was. And we're going to miss them. We really appreciate that. Very um, accurate words. Uh, And Monday, we're going to spend some time talking about Dr. Reardon and his his legacy, not only at FAU, but also he was very loyal to ESPN 106.3 and wildly loyal to me. For whatever reason, he was. And uh, I have such immense appreciation. We're all trying to figure out where we go from here because he was involved in a lot of things that I don't know how it progresses now that there's uh, no Dr. Reardon around. So uh, that's for, uh, uh, for for FAU to figure out, and we'll, we'll navigate that. But um, very, very accurate, very appropriate words there from, uh, from Pat Lawler. Pat, go grab yourself a beer, kick your feet up, and we'll watch some ball here in a little bit, okay? Thanks, Ken. Pat Lawler, the guy. Pat Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. Wanttolawyerup.com. That's wanttolawyerup.com. Let's go ahead and get to our... Baptist Health Orthopedic Care Injury Report, our Baptist Health Orthopedic Care Injury Report, and we're going to go in the NBA. It is time now to talk injuries. Hut! Green! Hut! Hut! Oh, no. There's a man down. Appreciate that, old school, Madden. Uh, the Heat tonight are in action against Oklahoma City. P.J. Tucker, a game-time decision with his knee. P.J. Tucker being in and out of the rotation, in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, Eventually, he's going to be a regular part of the rotation. This is more maintenance than anything, it appears. Caleb Martin will have to see what his availability is for tonight, but it is the Heat and the Thunder at FTX Arena. The Heat still a couple of games up, one seed in the Eastern Conference. And like we've said, you either believe or you don't. Don't get spooked by the Nets when they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving at full force. Don't be spooked by him. The Heat are just fine. Two games up on my um, on Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference, but it is the Heat and the Thunder tonight 
at FTX Arena. That is your Baptist Health Orthopedic Care Injury Report. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field? Well, we got you with Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. They have a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine and sports medicine and care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. Beginning to fill up here at Delray Beach Market. Munch Madness. We got beers in front of me. Soon to have food in front of me. Life is good. Come hang with us. We are here for the duration of the day. Spend your NCAA Tournament Friday with us here at Delray Beach Market. Munch Madness. Food specials. Drink specials. The whole thing. You're going to love it. And hell, I'm out here. That is an enticement in and of itself. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Man, we got a lot of people rolling through here. Just talk with Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys. My man David from EDS hanging out here at Delray Beach Market. Roy in Boynton came through. So what I appreciate about Roy is that Roy knows anytime that I am taking a field trip like I am today, Delray Beach Market, it's time for the short shorts. So Roy came out. And it's thigh season for Roy. You know why? His shirts are an acceptable length, though. No, no, no. It's thigh season. That's right, Roy. You show <laughs> off those thighs. You'd be proud of showing off those thighs like I did at the Honda Classic, just like me today. So Roy and I are celebrating thigh season, and... But my five-year-old would fit in your shorts. You know what? Thigh season. I don't know what to say <laughs> other than that, okay? okay. Uh, also, yesterday here on Ken LeVick Alive, we talked about how pointless, how silly, how nonsensical it is... For NFL teams to have inspirational sayings posted all over their locker room. Like, what is that going to do for a guy making $5 million a year when he's walking through the locker room and it says, push harder and your dreams will come true? Own the day. Yeah, like, just vomit on my face. Like, that's stupid. So what Roy did, he brought me inspirational sayings. Oh, good. He knows how much I love them. So here we go. John Wooden, UCLA legend. Here's some of his favorite maxims as this puts it. And by the way, this comes from a, a, a seafood company, by the way. These, okay. these, uh, <laughs> these inspirational sayings, which is hilarious. <laughs> Happiness begins where selfishness ends. Uh. Discipline yourself and others won't need to. Treat all people with dignity and respect. Be slow to criticize and quick to command. Mm, very So deep. you remember those, McLovin. Okay. As you go through I'm today, ready to attack the day I now. I want to make sure yes, carpe diem. Yep. I want you to make sure that you're following the wise words of the great coach John Wooden. Uh, have you noticed, I don't know if it caught your eye, but the basketball that they're using for the NCAA tournament is no. very, very yellow. What? It's like more yellow. Look how bright yellow You mean orange? Or orange, I mean, yeah. What am I talking about? <laughs> orange, yes. That is the color of a basketball. It's very like, bright what orange. What are you talking about? Yeah, that is really dumb. 
Uh, it is very bright orange is what I meant to say. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So apparently there's a new brand of basketball that they're using through Wilson. This is their Evo NXT technology. So it is, it is stickier and bouncier, okay. this basketball. It's the most expensive basketball that has ever been made, wow. in fact. And its color scheme has been changed to an electric orange. So if the basketball, apparently not to McLovin, and apparently not to me, I'm <laughs> <No>. colorblind. <laughs> but the basketball, if you think, if you're watching on TV, that it looks a little more orange than usual, it is. It's a different color orange that they're using. Now, part of the explanation for why Wilson did it is that it's supposed to help shooters and supposed to help players pick it out from dark backgrounds when they're playing. Hmm. Now, that seems a little silly. Yeah. But, but if you think about it, if you're playing the Final Four or the National Championship in one of those big-ass domes, there are dark places where they don't may have fans potentially but, in the upper deck, and it's hard to see the ball. But we don't often see basketball players just losing the ball like a fly ball in the sun. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, we don't see that happening. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, that doesn't, that's not a thing. That's not a problem that needs to be fixed. According to you, do you uh, play college basketball? I guess not. No, good point. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, and I want to finish the show with this because this was something that caught my eye last night. Uh, it's not the fact that Von Miller is going to Buffalo. That wasn't the biggest story from the Bills last night. No. The biggest story came from their Pro Bowl wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, in fact, who had a question that I think it, um, it caused me to pause, caused me to think. It was intellectual. He tweeted, do you guys wet your toothbrush before you put the toothpaste on it or after? That's a very deep question. A very deep question from Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs. I proceeded to reply to him, if you put the water on after the toothpaste, you're a serial killer. Is that accurate? Yes, I am a water first. My children do it both. And I'm like, no, we don't need to put it on after the but toothpaste is already on. Both is at least acceptable. But if you put <laughs> toothpaste on a dry toothbrush yeah, and then you wet it, that legitimately is Ted Bundy stuff. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're a danger to society. <laughs> does anybody, and I'm curious, does anybody put the water on after they put the toothpaste on their toothbrush? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Do you put the water on the toothbrush after the toothpaste? Who does this? And if you do, explain yourself. Because I honestly think that you're a danger to the community as a whole. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. So we are here at Delray Beach Market. Uh, we're watching basketball. We're about to eat a ton. We're drinking. We're hanging out. This is a Friday. This is a Friday. This is how you do it here. And so uh, uh, after us, it is Theo Dorsey, Jeanette Javier. In fact, let's ask them. Theo, Jeanette. Oh, Theo's Come here. Over. Good. Theo's I, I was worried Come about Come over his here timing. real quick. We need, to, we need to ask you a pertinent question before you jump on the air. We still don't know if this mic works. What are you going to ask him on? Uh, you're right. Good planning, Ken. Yeah, that's a good call. Maybe we should just switch. I, I don't know. No both. But can you make the mic work somewhere? Yeah, it doesn't work. That's yeah, fine. Here. Here's what we'll do. Uh, I just want to make sure. Uh, I'm going to share the headset here. here. Um, I don't know what he's Oh, yeah. Doing. Just put that up. All right. So, no do idea. you, Jeanette, do you put the, the water on your toothbrush after you put the toothpaste on or before? After. All right, so 
You're a serial killer, clearly. Or you have serial killer tendencies. Why do you say this? Because I Stephon think you're Diggs, the serial killer. No, Stephon, Stephon Diggs tweeted last night, do you put the water on the toothbrush before or after the toothpaste? The only acceptable answer is before. Who puts toothpaste on a dry, bristled toothbrush? Who Hello? taught you this? Nobody. I'm a grown, independent woman who what don't need no man like that? you to say anything to who me. Is the, what is the point of that? I put the toothpaste how I want it, and that's how I do it. You have to moisten the landing spot for the toothpaste. No, because sometimes the toothpaste falls off if you water it first. How would it not fall off if you water it after water is legitimately streaming down Well, the I toothpaste. don't pour it on top. I, like, it's a little stream. I don't, like, blast it out. There's I'm a theory to this. Confused. There's a strategy. That is so, like... Time-consuming. I don't understand it. A little tiny drippy drippy around the toothpaste. Why would you do that? It's more about quantity. All right. Here. Let me just just do something for me, okay? Okay. Just tonight, before you, you put the crest or whatever you, you put on your teeth, if you could um, just, just give it a shot. Let the toothpaste toothbrush before the toothpaste. Okay, okay, and if my toothpaste falls off, it's all your fault. But it's not going to fall off. I don't understand why? And if you really want to get into the semantics of things, when you put the water on top of the toothpaste, the toothpaste falls into the bristles of the toothbrush, so there's more of it. Who cares? I do. You're, you're Obviously. The, the toothpaste is getting brushed in your teeth. The bristles do their job anyways. It doesn't matter but if it falls I want in. The, I want the toothpaste in my mouth. <laughs> you, are, you are not... You, <laughs> You're not, like, smoking meat. You don't need it to, like, sit there and take in the toothpaste like you do with the meat and the then spices. what's the point the- of brushing your teeth if you don't have the toothpaste on there like that? I am so confused by you. I need Theo to weigh in on this because I hope he's disgusted by what he's found out about the woman he's doing a show with for the next two hours. <laughs> Theo, do you wet your toothbrush before you put the toothpaste on or after? Ken, there's only one way to do it, all right? There's only one way to do it, and that's after. And I'll tell you why. Who are you people? I'll tell you why, Ken. What you're doing is it's similar to when you put soap on a sponge and you want that soap to get into the sponge a little bit. What you're doing is you're just pushing the toothpaste ever so slightly into the bristles so that when you go to brushing your teeth, you start a little bit of a foam action early oh, on. Oh, my God. Where, when did brushing your teeth become like it's an art meat? It's an art. I didn't and, realize it was like barbecuing. And honestly, I get compliments every time I go to the dentist. So I don't know who's doing it right or wrong. But, but you realize uh, that has nothing to do. You brush your teeth a lot, <laughs> and you brush them well. It has nothing to do with when you put the, 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 the water on the toothbrush. What I do know is my teeth are approved by 9 out of 10 dentists. So you maybe you want to get in line. <laughs> maybe you want to get in line. All right. Our dental insider here on Ken Levick Alive, Theo Dorsey. Theo, what are you and Jeanette doing in like three minutes? We are going to be talking about all of the things that you guys talked about but better. So everybody should stick around and get the better takes on all, all right. of that. The two freak jobs you put on the water after they put the toothpaste on their toothbrush are coming up next here from Delray Beach Market. Munch Madness for Brian McLovin Rowitz. I'm Ken Levick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. And Psychos are up next on ESPN 106.3.